Jesus is amazing. He does all these amazing things, tells us who he is, and we still don't get it. Why? Well, that's the main question we're answering in the next two days. Join us. Why don't people get it? Why don't they understand who Jesus is? I mean, the Bible is really clear. History is even clear on who he is, what he has done. So why don't people get it? Well, that is the question we're answering over the course of the next two programs here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. If you would, let's catch up with Pastor Phil here in John chapters 6 and 7. For today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil. 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Now, do you think these guys were saved? Some of you would. The word disciples used various ways in John. Here, I think it is just guys that were following along, but didn't have a heart relationship. They were there for the loaves and the fishes. Christ said that. I can get a crowd. And you guys are following me, but this teaching I just gave, you're going to turn from me today, and no longer will you be associated. Listen to that. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. I mean... This was a crowd-dispensing sermon. They didn't get it, and they turned on him. It's almost, I wish I knew the tone by which Christ said these following words. I wish I could capture it. I can't do it in the language. I don't know how, but it's, uh, on one hand, I want to think it sounds almost... um, pitiful, but I, I don't, I can't make it say that, you know, that don't tell me you're going to leave me too. I'm not, I don't know that he said it that way. Or is it, is it one of shock? Are you guys going to leave me too? I wish we could capture the tonality. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm wondering if I had a bunch of you just leave this church all at once, and I'm left with a few, I don't know that I wouldn't say, you're not going to leave two, are you? You don't like that. But do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed. And have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Simon, if I leave you, Jesus, I don't know what to go to. I don't know where I'd go. My son-in-law shared with the Timothy class, he told it on himself, so I feel free to use it. He was talking with Kevin Collins and talking about the various temptations men face. And and he's basically kind of sharing a temptation 
to kind of get a sympathetic hearing. And you, you know what I mean. And he was hoping that Kevin would fall in with him. Yeah, man, that's right. But when he got through sharing with Kevin, as I understand it, Sean says, do you ever feel tempted to do this, do that, do this? And Kevin just said, no. And Sean said, come on, you self-righteous. You know, he didn't say that, but, you know, come on, man, cut me some slack here. Yeah, he said, I said, no. How can you do that? Why do you say no? Well, Sean's been in church a good portion of his life. Kevin spent time in prison. Spent times healing up from 39 knife wounds in his body. Spent time fleeing guys, running from the police. Out there breaking his mother's heart, selling drugs in Panola. He went through a lot of hell before he ever came to Christ. And should have been killed. And should have been killed for breaking his mother's heart. But when he came to Jesus, he said, I didn't leave anything I want to go back to. I'm not hungry. You remember what Israel did on the wandering? We wish we could go back for some cucumber sandwiches back there with Pharaoh. They forgot making the bricks without straw. They forgot the slavery. They forgot the heat. They forgot the whip on their back. And Peter just says, oh, Lord, if it's not you, I have no one I know I want to go to. There's no one out there that can give me eternal life. You've got a monopoly on it. You've got a monopoly. You know, the young people who backslide the most in our churches are the ones that grew up in the church. Those kids had been saved out of doing everything bad. By the time they get saved, they said, I've had enough of what the hog pen has to offer. But it's kids that grow up that have to go to church, got to obey their folks. They're the ones, I wonder what it's like. I wonder what it's like. If I just taste the apple, honey, it's as deadly as the first apple. It'll kill you. It will kill you. And Peter says, I don't, there's nothing, Lord, for me to go back to. Nothing. And he goes on, who else can give these words that bring eternal life? And then he says this, we have believed in the past and we still believe. And we've come to know in the past and we still know experientially that you are who you say you are. You are the son of God. Matthew 16, Matthew makes a comment. Jesus said to him, Simon, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my father who's in heaven made you know this. He made a confession. He didn't talk about himself. He said, you are the Christ. That's what I know. I'm convinced you are Christ. He said, I don't want to go back. But it's amazing among them there was one that wanted to go back. And not will he only go back, but he will betray the Son of God for a measly financial arrangement. Um, the betrayer. I, I find uh, myself troubled by the whole Judas 
mystery and story. To think of being born and your life's destiny will be to betray the Son of God is deeper, more mysterious. I think I wrestled with it all week because I thought, I think I identify with Peter because I know who Christ is, but I could have been born and been a Judas. You know, Judas had a mom. Judas was a, Judas was just a regular guy until the Satan took control of him two times. It says in the upper room, Satan entered him. In Luke, he said, Satan entered him. And you say, well, boy, the devil had his way with Judas. Well, he had his way with Peter a few times. Do you remember? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Christ says, you're right, Peter. God showed you this and I must die. No, you won't. You cannot die. Get behind me, Satan. For you, you don't say what God says. So, so who took control of Peter's mouth for that moment? Have you ever had God and the devil use you in the same day? Huh? I said, God and the devil. And seemingly, you meet the devil when you go home. Not your wife. I'm just saying when you get home. I'm talking about geography. I'm not talking about relationships. Get out here and preach the word and do something. And you could go and leave this place within an hour. And someone cut you off. Or you didn't get the best service. At the, you know, the waitress wasn't good enough. Spilt the coffee on your neck. And, and oh boy, can the devil take over. Devil's used all of you. Matter of fact, he was your original father. John 8, 44. Oh, you don't like that? I know you wouldn't. It can't help it. I could care less. So Jesus said, my original father spiritually was the devil. And I was by nature a child of wrath, Ephesians 2. I was by nature headed for divine wrath because I was being energized by the God of this world. Can a Christian be demon-possessed? I don't believe so. But can they be used by Satan? Can they lie to you and get you to buy a lie and you, you act out something that you later regret? And look at in this narrative, what bothers me, if you had your pick, what would you pick? I'd rather betray him if I'm going to do anything. Oh, or I'd rather deny him three times. Both men fail miserably. Before the cross. The only one here that gets the passing grade is the Christ from heaven. Peter sleeps in the garden. Peter tries to chop off the ear of the servant, Malchus, and wants to help God out. And he said, I can call right now 12 legions of angels, a legion 6,000. They killed 185,000 Second 2 Kings 19. Multiply 6,000 by 185,000. 12 times that. 72,000 times 185,000. You just see, that's just a little potential what an angel could do. In other words, I've I got enough power around here, Peter. I don't need your sword. But you see, Peter had been given to the son but it didn't mean he wouldn't fail a lot. 
There's a difference in betraying and plotting and never believing and believing and still failing and learning to lean. Thank God for Pentecost that changed the failing fisherman into a man he never dreamed he could be. He never denied him again. What about you? How much failing have you done since the Father gave you to the Son? And if it was any last love, honey, you would be kicked out of this army because you've run a thousand times. But guess what? His own make it to the other city because he forgives all of our denials, all of our failing, and all of our sleeping on duty. Calvary even paid for everybody to flee. I can't find a faithful person in the Bible, Harley, but Jesus. There's a few. Joseph's nice. I like him. I read this in this narrative. You know, I say, well, I'm Peter. Well, you're right on the confession, and you're also right on all the failing. But to be born and to betray. I ask you, have you ever been offered a price for Christ? Have you ever uh, been offered to sell him out? Years ago, I heard the story of the man that wanted to take his yacht to Hawaii. And he wanted to hire him a mistress for the trip and fly her home. But he just needed some female companionship going across, you know. Met this gal at the bar and he says, hey, I need someone to sail on across to Hawaii. Uh, how about going with me? Not in your life. He said, what about $1,000? He said, what do you think I am? He said, well, okay. How about $5,000? He said, okay. <laughs> and he said, well, okay. How about 1000 She said, you just said five. She said, what kind of person do you think I am? He said, I've already found that out. We're just trying to negotiate price. (laughs) Every person has their price. Everybody has their price. Is there anything this world is offering you to get you to quit following Christ? Maybe you've been sleeping with that girl too long. You never got married. Maybe you're still doing drugs on the side. Maybe you're still heavily into pornography. A lot of things that just you keep, you just won't let go. You won't go all the way. I, I want to keep holding on to this stuff. And Christ is over here and says, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. And you're singing, give me some of this world and I'll take Jesus. Give me a little bit of this world and sin and I'll take Jesus maybe You either got faith or unbelief and there ain't no neutral ground. You're either for him or against him. You're either following Christ or maybe you've sold out to sin and sin tastes so good when you get started. It's how it ends. That's when you'll find out the wages it pays. At first, it's delectable. At first, it appeals At first, there's a rush, but it pays in death. 
T.S. Eliot wrote The Hollow Men, and he wrote his final lines. So this is how it ends. Not with a bang, but in a whimper. And men in a day, I see you, Ward, whimpering themselves right into eternity, saying, why did I not take Christ? Why did I sell him out for 30 pieces of silver? I don't know if there's a Judas here today. It scares me that you can be the church treasurer and not be saved. And nobody know it. Matter of fact, you can be the pastor. Paul said, you Corinthians, you don't have use for me, but these false apostles that come as angels of light, you vote them in quick. Because you don't have enough discernment to know they're false. They lie to you. They rip you off. They take your money. Uh, they take your women. They, they walk around as pompous, uh, inflated egos. He said, and you, you cherish them, but I'm out here holding on to a log in the Mediterranean. I'm going without meals. I'm being whipped. I'm being hated. I'm suffering, and you despise me. Maybe the true test of all sincere following is what you'd be willing to suffer to know Jesus. Job, you couldn't love God enough not to bail out if you suffer. Because God could only get people to love him if he pays them a wage. And Job said, I love God whether he pays me any wages or not. He can have my children. He didn't say this, but he wound up. You have my goods. And I'm just amazed that God didn't take his wife. He didn't need her during the trial. She kept saying, curse God. Wife, if your husband's going through it, would you encourage him? Quit saying, well, I never knew you'd mount to anything. That's why I married you. No, we need women of strength. I thank for God for the times my wife has rebuked me, preached to me, and held my hands up and said, we're going to hang on until he comes through. Well, uh, how are you responding to the Lord Jesus is the question. Uh, have you already left? It's easy to hang out in church. What I'd hope you do is be saved. Take Christ. Get him in you. Uh, Arthur Pink said, why did he even have a Judas? And he gave a bunch of reasons. I don't like hardly any of them, but to show you I studied, I'll give them to you. He said, maybe he chose Judas to show off his perfections. To show off that uh, he could put up with a lot. Imagine Christ knew all the while that he wasn't saved. He knew. He was never fooled about Judas. And just think, if you had to run around with someone for three years and build your kingdom, build your followers, and all the time the plan of God says, and you'll always have a devil in your midst. Some assignment. Uh, Pink goes on to say, maybe he put Judas there to be an impartial witness that Christ was really God. Because you remember what uh, Judas did? He went back to the priest. He threw the money at their feet. And he said, I have betrayed 
innocent blood. And this is a devil watching every move of Christ. And he says, the problem isn't with this man, it's me. Matter of fact, I can't even keep the money I sold him out for. Maybe to show us the awfulness of sin, that I am amazed, three locations for sin. The third heaven, when Satan rebels. The Garden of Eden, when it's paradise and man rebels. And a follower of Christ, I can't imagine you hanging out with me for three years and not bail out. But Christ, could you imagine Judas in hell? I could have never had more opportunity. I never could. There was no imperfect preacher in Judas's life. I've been next to the Son of God. I've slept where he slept. I've prayed where he prayed. I kept the bag of money for the disciples. And I still wouldn't partake of the bread. I'll die without the bread. I'll die betraying. It gives a solemn warning to all that hear Christ's word. We don't talk about sin or judgment today because we're all caught up with felt needs. Well, honey, I want you to feel this need. Without Christ, you're eternally destined to be separated. The greatest need you need to feel is I need him. I need Christ. I want Christ. And you know, in your heart, be running as fast as you can. He's the only one. Over here, they can cut me an ounce and they can sell me a woman, but they can't give me eternal life. I need eternal life. I can't get it anywhere else. And us preachers can't give it to you. You've got to get higher than some mere weak, puny preacher. The head of the church is in a bunch of frail preachers. The head of the church is a risen Christ. He offers himself. I can't save any of you. He can save. He can save. He can save. And then we must admit, still quoting Pink, uh, that there will always be imposters connected to the work of God. Astounding statement. And then he says, God's ways are not ours. And I want to say, you're not kidding. I can't imagine putting a devil around Christ for three years when he needed a friend. When he needed, what are you to Christ? Are you his? Are you following? Are you here playing church? Are you coming here because you like a few of the songs and you can put up with my preaching? Or do you know Christ? I was with some sisters yesterday at their Bible study luncheon. You know, the most precious thing, I sensed they knew Jesus. That sounds trite, doesn't it? Well, isn't everybody in this church saved? No. You're here. You know where you are. You know if you know him or not. I was in church a long time before I knew him. My brother Dave and I, we grew up in church. Dave didn't get saved till his 20s. I mean, you can be, you can, you can hang out. I mean, we were raised by Christian parents. We, we had no choice. It was torture. I hated to go to church. Why not? When you're that guilty, who wants to be reminded? But you know what? The father prevailed and he, he drew. 
and he gave and I came and I've been born from above and I'm never going to perish and nobody can kick me out. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station. We would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Let's